Rhythm, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you got to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham. Uh... in the DC universe. Welcome to another episode of Straight Outta Gotham, episode 95. We are a fan of pop culture podcast and a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on the network by heading on over to BLF. Click that drop down and check out all the other great shows that are there. Uh, wonderful shows by wonderful people who actually know what they're talking about, because I, I think some of you listen to a bunch of idiots. Now, I am your co-host from the other side of the Hudson River, senior contributor to Batman on Film. I am Peter R. Vera, and today we're recording on October 22nd, 2022, the day the Yankees go down three games to none to the Houston Astros. And as always, we have a great show for you today, but before we get into the good stuff, I'd like to remind you all of our faithful listeners, if you take the time to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and we read your review on air, you not only entered, but won the Straight Outta Gotham monthly prize contest. So make sure you get those re- reviews in like Rotten Tomatoes because you can't be in it or you can't win it unless you're in it. And that's why the Pirates haven't won a World Series in a long time. Now, let me introduce you to my partner in crime, uh, the man who won the 1995 Kool-Aid Pickle Juice Chugging Championship. Ladies and gentlemen, a Batman on film junior contributor, Eric Holdman. Hello, Peter. Thank you. Thank now, you for that. Go ahead. The Kool-Aid pickle juice thing is a is a or the Kulicals, I think they're called. It's it's a recent thing I've discovered. I had no idea that you were just chugging away back in the day. So how like is there a preferred Kool-Aid that you use to or that to train or do you just go standard red? It well, standard red is what you compete with. So you should mm. you should really practice with what you're going to compete with. So you get Because you want to envision drinking the blood of yes. your enemies. Yes, and well, yes, and also because you want to get used to the taste, mm-hmm. so that it's not a uh, a shock to the system. This is usually a a southern uh, delicacy, from what I'm told. So I'm surprised it made its way all the way up to the island. But when you are trying to collect as many championships as Eric, you've got to find new championships to win. <laughs> well, I mean, Scissor started in the South too, right? So they they have all these different kinds ah, of the glories of hip hop. <laughs> yes, all these concoctions that that started down there. We're cool uh, cool I can't uh give credit to hip hop though. I don't think that's where it started. Scissor, I feel like came from like the diplomats. <laughs> I thought it was Little Wayne, but Was it? I could, I could be wrong. Maybe. I don't know. I, no, I was no. I was going to go dipset on that one, but I could I could be wrong. Maybe it is a southern thing. Yeah, I think Sipping on Scissor was a song. I don't think it was he might have made know. it really popular, probably. And wasn't there? Wasn't it called someone called Drink or something? Drank or I don't know. I remember anyway, Orange Drink. I love that. <laughs> yes, hip hop has given us a lot of things weird and cool at the same time. So, uh, yeah, that's the crazy thing. But Pete, don't be so down on the Yankees. Yes, they're down two zero. We know. I'm actually, believe it or not, very uh, confident tonight. Uh, Cole's on the mound. Uh, I, you know. I posted earlier, uh, we need a, you know, another complete game shutout from, I hate that term actually, just a shutout. This isn't fantasy baseball. Another shutout from Garrett Cole, 129 pitches, nine innings would be wonderful uh, going into uh, the Nestor game for game four. I mean, if they need that, they should do it because obviously if you don't win this one, it really is over. So they have to, this is a must win for them. 
Mm-hmm. So I think you do let Cole go as long as he's effective and I agree well. and save the bullpen for tomorrow, just in case Nestor doesn't have it. You know? Yep. But they also want to pitch Cole again and to be on short rest. I think I got to, got to win today. Got to win today. I, I agree. I, that's what I say. I, I don't care about, there may not be a game five if you don't win today. So, and that's the crazy thing. Like, it's not like they've been blown out the first two games. That's probably the mm-hmm. sad part for me. Just, they had chances in both games to you know, in the, to go up early. Mm-hmm. It's, and the they, problem is they're striking out too much and yep. uh, they're not, there's no offense. And let's be honest. I mean, even in game two, they, they, the offense was, was little to none. And because they put the ball in play, they scored two runs. So yeah, I don't want to hear anybody defending the strikeout. Um, <laughs> you got to put the ball in play. You got to put pressure on the defense, you know, speed kills, so to speak, even though the, the Anthony Rizzo <laughs> was the one who got the RBIs. Uh, you know, you got to put the ball in play because you don't know who's throwing the ball and around and, you know, like yeah, the, and I mean, even the Padres, even though they lost last night, they took advantage of some Philly errors um, and they scored some runs. So, you know, it th- that's that's baseball, Susan. You, you got to if the ball's not in play, <laughs> chances are nothing's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, this time of year, you're always facing the best pitching, right? That's usually what make who makes it this far of the teams with the best pitcher. So usually you're facing the best pitching mm-hmm. you're going to face all year in a short condensed series. Mm. So, you know, you have to make the most of your opportunities and they act, the Yankees actually did that for some part of game two. So, well, I, I mean, um, I thought Tyone pitched really good in game one. I think the fact that the Yankees started their, essentially their number five starter and the man fresh off the injured list in games one and two, when we're still in it is very, is, are good signs. I just, I think yes, it, it can, the offense needs to wake up. Um, if they can, if they can hit the ball, they probably would be at least tied in this series because, you know, it was one yeah. swing of the bat. And, uh, you know, everyone wants to – last series, everyone complimented small ball, but it's been the home run that has done uh, most of the damage. Timely yeah, for runs. Houston. Yeah. yeah and that, statistically, you're... the team that out-homers the other in, in between these two usually wins, and that was the case. Game two, there was, there was no home run, so that's, you know, Houston won. Yeah, well, let's hope – yeah, that was the first time they hadn't hit a home run – in what, 19, 18? Yeah, Judge put a scare into one, but uh, yeah. didn't quite have the distance, so. Yeah, man. Everyone, I, it's funny, they talk, talk about the wind, which is possible. We saw how Bader complained with that one hit, how the wind really took the ball on that one. Mm-hmm. And then I know Boone mentioned it, that he thought it was yeah. 390. Uh, okay, the well, bat. they're both playing in the same ballpark, so exactly, I don't hear anything. Exactly, just, so I don't want to hear, I agree. You lost, uh, <laughs> just own up to it. Man, though, that I really thought he had that. I was like, oh, yes. And then no. Uh, I was <laughs> I was actually listening to John and Susan at the time. So, you know, when it comes to John, <laughs> you don't know if it's actually at the wall or if it's yeah. or if yeah. he missed it. So I was kind of curious. <laughs> but uh, it looked like, I don't even know if it was going to go out. It looked like Tucker uh, jumped in front of the wall instead of at the wall. It looked. It almost looked like it would would have hit off the wall if it, it up by the angle. I thought. Yeah, it might have hit off the top of the wall. I don't think it was going to be a home so. run, but it might have tied the game. Right? It was. There were two men on base, so. Well, it didn't, and here we are. Uh, what it could have shown. So we'll see. <clears throat> the margin of error has been so razor thin, and that's really kind of showed up now. So. But we will. Uh, next week when we record, the series will be over. So we'll be <laughs> we'll be able to talk about either the Yankees of the World Series or in the offseason. Those are the two choices we have. So, guys, you might be getting a reprieve from baseball talk. Uh, 
if you don't enjoy that part of the show next week. Uh, so just really quickly before we get into the news, uh, obviously this is opening weekend for Black Adam. I know you said you're going to go see it tonight. 10 o'clock tonight. So there you go. So Pete will actually get a chance to see it. As everyone knows, I've already seen it. Uh, but the fan response has been good. Fan response has been very, very solid. It had a solid uh, Thursday opening. It made a good amount of money. Yeah, and apparently it's projected to make $135 million for this weekend, which would be a pretty solid opening for this film. So uh, it's looking good from that perspective. Critically, it's kind of sore. It's kind of where I thought the critics would fall on it. I thought maybe a little higher, but, you know, it's critics are funny when it comes to these kinds of films. So I always try and... I mean, we all know they they love your movie, Captain Marvel. Uh <laughs> so you don't really know where they're going to go with this. There's some movies that I think are god awful and boring. They get like 86% of tomatoes. I think Batman Begins is at an 84, which I still think is the biggest crime on the entire website. <laughs> but um, well, yeah, I mean, just look at different perspectives, right? Like I, I like the Lord of the Rings films and they do great. They did great critically. You don't. You think yeah. they're boring. So, right, like you have different perspectives, like what critics like and what fans like. It's just not. It's be... interesting how people don't understand how Rotten Tomatoes works. Yeah, it's true. It's just an aggregate. And if and sometimes I don't understand how they get the fresh or the rotten mark anyway. Because sometimes I read the review, I'm like, and I'll see that's fresh. I'm like, that didn't sound too positive. Like, why, why, mm-hmm. why was that? Why did they give that one a more a, a more positive spin? That so I don't seems know. like there's some, uh, you know, like I guess verified reviewers, so to speak, that uh, we don't think should be verified and are questionable oh. and have a little bit of an agenda. So. The best way for you to uh, see if a movie sucks or not is to go see it yourself. Exactly. Like, don't pay attention to this, uh, to the critic. I never do. I used to when I was younger, but I learned very quickly that there's so many critically panned movies that I wind up enjoying. You brought up Suicide Squad. I like Suicide Squad. So I'm I'm the minority there. Um, When it comes to like uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's for the most general of movie audiences. Right. Um, People who really don't have an idea of what movie's out that weekend and what they want to see. I think that's the crowd that uh, uses Rotten Tomatoes as their uh, you know justification to go see what and whatnot. So, you know, they're not like us who are movie fans who know, oh, Black Adam's out this weekend. We're going to go see it. You know, we've been waiting for this. Right. And that's fine. You know, it's totally fine. Um, but again, the best way for you to determine if you like something or not is to see it for yourself. And if you haven't seen it, uh, you shouldn't talk about it. Right. And and you can tell, too, just from some of the reviews uh, that they don't know the character uh, because a lot of people are p- saying, well, he's not as charismatic. Dwayne Johnson's not his char- charismatic self. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to know the character to understand why that's the case. Yeah. And let's be right. honest, Black Adam isn't the most popular of characters. Right. That's why someone like The Rock should be cast as Black Adam because that is going to help people go see the movie. Right. They don't know so, who this character is. They're questioning Warner Brothers and DC comic movies at at every release. So you get a mega star and someone as charismatic as The Rock, and that helps. Yes. So uh, we will do a more formal review of this movie in the future, guys. But I just wanted to comment on it because it is opening weekend and it is the biggest release. Yeah, we'll week. do one next week. This way everyone's so. seen the movie and we're not spoiling it on social media like Nico. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that either. Uh, I, I tried. A couple of tweets by Nico. I was like, is she talking about the movie already? <laughs> I mean, 
I like I said, I saw the premiere. I've had to be quiet for so long, and it's been killing me. It still bothers me. I, I can I imagine you've got this great secret that you can't share. And I'm like, I can't talk to anybody. Literally, I didn't know anyone else who went and saw it. Eric's that under day. embargo. <laughs> so, and I, I mean, I because I'm just not that guy. I don't like doing that. Uh, like Justin would, Justin would probably just tell everyone. Yeah, Justin, like, I saw Black Adam, and like my only problem is the plot, and this is what happened. Like, well, I. <laughs> so, uh, so, but I'm not, I'm not that guy. I don't like doing that. So, yeah, but it's tough. It's tough, and some people just thought they're like, "Damn, I don't care. I'm gonna get out there and talk about it." That's Whatever. why we have text messages or direct yes. messages. <laughs> I guess you got to make the choice that fits your that fits your personality. But uh, for me, I, I would never do that. So guys, you'll never get spoilers from me. I would love to spoil a star Wars movie for all those people who like it just to get back at them. You know, <laughs> like I, I would love me being the person who hates star Wars or not, it's not hates a strong word. Doesn't like star Wars goes to like a star Wars premiere. And I would just spoil the hell out of it. <laughs> well, as long as I don't see it, I'd be fine with it. I'll let you know. Mute me ahead of time. Yeah, just tell me to mute you so I can. And I, I will not tell Rick. I'd love to spoil Star Wars for Rick. <laughs> Don't worry. He only watches movies and and shows with legacy characters. He doesn't watch the. He watches <laughs> none of the animation. He didn't watch Candor. <laughs> he has no. He's watching this. Okay. He's watching Andor. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, I want to apologize, guys. Too, I didn't do a review this week because I've been sick. Uh, I'm actually feeling better today. No excuses playing a champion. I'm sorry. I just, I didn't want to cough my way through it. Like uh, Aaron Boone during his post game. Yeah. I, did, I thought it'd be, especially because it's a live stream and people just have to see me cough too. I didn't want to, didn't want to put anyone through that drama. So I apologize for no, not doing that review. But next week, hopefully I'm feeling better. I will be doing. You're going to do a review. double stuffed Oreo episode? Yeah. Like I did last time. So I'll do that. And, do we uh, know who the guest is? Well, last time I did it on my own. I did. I actually did a solo show. Wow! Yeah, I didn't I watch. To, I wanted I to give it a try. I wanted to give it a try. Uh, so I did like, you like it? I mean, I get to hear myself talk, so I guess <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, it was okay. It was fun to do. It was a challenge. Like I like challenging myself. Uh, it's much easier when you have someone to bounce things off of. But yeah. sometimes it's good to just sit there and and see if you can carry a show on your own. So I think I did okay, but. Mm. Uh, you know that won't be next time. I'll have a uh, I'll have a guest next time. I mean, I'm actually trying to get a couple people uh, to see if they can. Two of them want to come on, so we could do. Is one of them Harrison Ford? Oh, I wish. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's a dream. <laughs> I probably wouldn't even be able to talk if he was on my show. I'd be like, oh, okay. I'd just be quiet the whole time. You could talk, and he has such a low. T- it would be it would be a terrible show because he doesn't say much anyway in interviews. <laughs> so no, I, I, didn't somebody tell me he did like an interview and they asked him about like the multiverse because I guess people are questioning about Marvel and he goes, "What the hell is that?" Yep. <laughs> yep. And so he'll, sometimes he'll just give like one word answers, like "no," doesn't elaborate. Yes, no. That's very it. Mike Tomlin of him. <laughs> I know. Very very or Belichick much, even more Belichick. Yeah, yeah. definitely more Belichick. And Tomlin at least gives a little bit, but Tomlin yeah, so. is an, is a master of saying everything, but simultaneously saying nothing. Yep. He's just, very good at that. It's a lot like some people on Twitter. It's just gibberish. Yeah. I mean, you're, these things are, ob- you're obligated to do these press conferences, right? So you have to get up there, but you don't, you're not, you're not, you don't have to say anything. That's what Belichick has been great at too. He just doesn't say anything. Answers the questions. 
So, man, I don't right, even so, think they need to do that, to be honest. Yeah. All right, so let's get into it. News. News. Sounds like he says muse. <laughs> so we're going to start with the news, guys. Uh, the biggest news of the week, obviously. Um, it's kind of a combined thing, but it's probably Walter Hamada finally exiting as DC Films head. And then what's going on behind the scenes at DC right now uh, with everything that going on, you know, with Black Adam coming out, we talked about already. And then uh, the turning point, basically, a lot of people are calling this a turning point. And the Hollywood Reporter did an article on this specifically talking about all the different things that are going on. Um, specifically, first, they mentioned James Gunn. Apparently, he wants to he's trying to pitch DC for a project, a new project or two, maybe possibly. Uh, so that's a pretty cool news. I think we all like what James Gunn has done so far in the DC universe. He's so definitely two for two. Right. So it's very, very good so far there. Uh, obviously who's going to be taking over is another big deal, um, on, or who's going to be taking over for Hamada as head, which is basically the Kevin Feige of the DC universe. Uh, a lot of people have been angling for Michael DeLuca to take over cause he already has a passion for this and he's. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he knows comic books, he knows comic book characters, but apparently that's not going to happen. Um, it seems like Zaslav wants someone else. To, he wants um, DeLuca and Abdi to continue to do what they've been doing. I think um, they've been doing a pretty good job of it, to be honest. Um, yeah, so far. You know, to tie it back into the Hamada story, it kind of seems like he kind of stabbed Hamada in the back with whatever happens at the end of Black Adam. Um, yeah. I'm not spoiling the movie for anyone. Um, even though it was essentially spoiled for me. So, you know, that just seems like everyone makes it seem like, oh, look, Warner Brothers is changing. like, this kind of seems like more of the same. It just seems like dirty Hollywood. You know, like, I don't know. I, I don't think Hamada did a bad job. I know some people are praising this. I think those people have, uh, you know, a tainted agenda. <laughs> I think what he had to do going from one regime to another, uh, you know, there was a lot there, I you know, going from the what essentially didn't work to I feel like we're all I feel like the fan base is overall pretty pleased with what's going on right now in DC right they've announced a lot yeah. of things in that TH article they announced that there was rumor you know you're hearing about Man of Steel 2 you're hearing about these two uh James Gunn projects one of them is a secret uh we heard the flash 2 is already being written or is written mm-hmm. So they're very high on that movie. Uh, that's also a Hamada piece. Um, you know, the future of the Batman as well. He, Hamada had his hand in Black Adam. Um, and it, it's kind of a hit for the studio as well. He had a big part in the Conjuring universe. That's probably their biggest IP right now. So, you know, Hamada is no slouch. I know he did. He was, he, he was doing things that some people didn't like. I wasn't a, a big fan of, uh, you know, the whole Batgirl Batman beyond hybrid. That wasn't really my thing. So when that kind of got the ax, you know, I didn't mind it, but then again, I right. did, you know, uh, and that's probably the main reason why he's leaving. So it's, you know, I, me personally, I don't think this looks any cleaner than it did. It still looks like Warner brothers internally is a bit of a mess, but the projects they announce seem to have quieted the fan base a little bit. And this isn't the first time that Warner Brothers has released an article via a trade about movies that are coming out. And we're not going to get all these projects, guys. Like a lot of people think this is like, this is it. This is our slate. This is our announcement. Like they've done this before. We've been in this spot. And 
some of these movies just aren't going to get made. It's cool. I'm glad they have ideas. I'm glad they're thinking about things. Um, I kind of like the more traditional route they're going. It seems that's what it is. Right. But like, you know, we've been here before. This isn't new. You're right. I mean, you're 100% correct. This is, this is, it still seems like a studio in, in flux. And we've kind of been dealing with a studio in flux for, now for years. Mm-hmm. So the article also mentions, obviously, as you mentioned, Man of Steel 2, possibly, uh, with Henry Cavill back in the uh, in the Superman suit. Um, they also, there's still kind of talk behind the, the, the Ta-Nehisi Coates, J.J. Abrams, Superman idea sticking around. Uh, you know, Dwayne Johnson speaks specifically about what he wants going forward. And obviously he has a big say in things now. I think, I think, you know, his presence, he kept saying the balance of power is going to shift. And I, I mean, I don't know from the movie if it shifts, but from his presence, it definitely has. Uh, so yeah, even if you just followed the press tour, if you follow the press tour for black Adam, it's fantastic. Uh, anywhere this guy goes, he just draws people in. So it definitely has from a star power standpoint, and I'm sure they want to keep, keep him in the fold. So yeah, there's a lot of good things going on, but like you said, it's nice to have scripts. Like we talked about, we knew Wonder Woman three. We talked about a couple shows ago, I think. Patty mm-hmm. Jenkins re- re- um, was finishing the Wonder Woman three script. Uh, you mentioned the Flash sequel's already written, but who knows if these things are going to happen? It's nice to have these ideas kicking around there, and you know, uh, you have an idea of what what possibly could be. But it, we know until we hear, uh, you know shooting has begun <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's best to just take all these things with like okay cool let's see what happens mm-hmm. like that and, kind and of again way. like you know they, they <laughs> there were a lot of cool things mentioned again like when they were talking about reeve stuff they mentioned characters like professor pig scarecrow and clayface yeah yeah two of which uh we have not seen on the silver screen professor pig recently uh, appeared on a tv show eric refuses to watch season three of batwoman <laughs> <laughs> Scarecrow uh, famously was in the Dark Knight trilogy, and Clayface we've only seen really in animation and video games. So it'd be cool to get uh, some new characters. I appreciate that. Um, but you know, like I I'll, again, when when I get a trailer, I'll get excited because even you can't even trust posters because Superman Lives got a poster in that movie. <laughs> Never made it out of pre-production. So. I know, but I think it's I do like the fact that Reeves is thinking about Clayface, Professor Pig uh maybe even hugo strange mm-hmm. like just those kinds of characters who we haven't seen in movies we've saw like obviously those guys were on the show you don't like to mention which is gotham as well uh they oh, were there God, i forgot all about that clayface yes. was in gotham yeah he was he i don't was. remember that yeah um yeah he was kind of like it wasn't he, they kind of did the thing where he was just like a shape not a shapeshifter but like could wear different masks and stuff it was weird i think i remember this now yeah okay yeah but that's what they did for him there. God, that shows horrible. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so it's cool. It's cool though that the, obviously that they're going forward with that stuff as well. We all enjoy the Batman, and we all want to see more from that universe. So that stuff, we're 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 all. Totally I, I think Professor Pig could really fit in with what Reeves likes to do. He's more of a, like a, just a monster villain, not like mm-hmm. in in terms of like character, not in terms of like physical. Yep, you you're know? right. He's just so, a crazy dude who likes to operate on people. Yeah, like you can you could go there in this world that he's built mm-hmm. uh, in, from the Batman. He's a perfect villain. He could fit right into something that they've built, that he's already built. So you can definitely see him going in that direction. Uh, 
Clayface would be interesting. I don't know how he would go about that. That'd be an interesting. That's why I think. Uh, I'd like I to mean, see it. Uh, well, Batman on film is reporting. Uh, where it, it's mo- it could be like the original Clayface, Basil Carlo, who is more right. of a master of disguise. Uh, which is interesting because you know rumors are we're going to get the chameleon in Craven, and if Reeves is working on a on a Clayface master of that, that's they're kind of similar villains in that aspect where they're guys who can you know manipulate the way that they look you know so that it seems to be that Reeves would go more of the the master of disguise rather than the mud monster. Right, that's true. So yeah, so it'll be interesting take uh, just to see that that come to big screen. But I'm like I'm here for all of it. So. Yeah, as long as they keep having ideas and they have something to execute, like the canceling of Batgirl was kind of a bummer. But like I said, like the the, the way they went about it, 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 I didn't like the hybrid model. I kind of wish they would do a more traditional Batgirl or just a traditional Batman Beyond. So like for me, I was like, okay, like that doesn't bother me. But canceling a project is a big negative, and you know, but I I, I think they've moved past that. That seems to be like an anomaly, really. So again, right. they, they they have they have ideas, um, you know. They ha- this seems to be a plan that everyone seems to be excited about um, in this report. Um, and it's just funny because we all knew what Hamada's plan was, even though no one wanted to admit it. Uh, you know, it was, you know, Flashpoint resets things, Keaton figurehead of DC Universe, Supergirl movie, blah, blah, blah. But no one wanted to give him credit for that. Um, so people want to listen to what they want. So. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had plans to con- and to continue the growth of um, HBO Max, right? It was kind of a the same mm-hmm. kind of hybrid model he wanted there. Bigger titles go on the big screen, smaller ones we do on HBO Max, mm-hmm. and we kind of build this universe. It's funny how you know what the plan was, but other people refuse to believe it. <laughs> well, it, if you know how I understood it, because I can read, and that's exactly what they said they were doing. So I don't understand why it's difficult for people to follow that uh, because there wasn't a gigantic presentation so. with pictures. Well, again, we've seen what that has done for this studio in the past. I remember still waiting it's... for that cyborg movie. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's still, uh, it's still best to just wait and, and to, like we said, until something starts shooting and then, <laughs> then we know it's going to, then we know it's going to get made. You know, that's that's going to happen. At least it's going to start to get made. I won't even say that um, it will get made because things have been shut down before. So let's just go. And who knows? Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, Warner Brothers has been has continued to be busy, though, with their um, front office. So they named longtime executive Jesse Ehrman as president of production and development. Um, He'll report to DeLuca and Pam Abdi, as we mentioned before. I'll oversee and manage the division's live action development team and budget and also work closely with DeLuca and Abdi on overall slate development, which is weird. But again, this is for the overall Warner Brothers, not just DC. So mm-hmm. um, well, it's good. It just, it, I mean, it's an executive who has some sort of power, though. That's And if you look at his recent resume, you're looking at from 2018 to recently, you're looking at Ocean's 8, Scoob, Tom and Jerry, Space Jams 2. Matrix Resurrections and uh, the Father of the Bride, uh, the reboot of that. So you know, uh, a lot of those have gotten a lot of attention. I personally thought Tom and Jerry was hysterical. I loved it. I haven't seen Scoob. Ocean's Eight was okay. Um, you know, so he's he's you know these these producer credits are are good. I I think he's he's got his foot in a, in a lot of different places. So I appreciate you know the variety. 
and we'll see what he does. But, you know, again, if DeLuca and Abdi, you know, have faith in this guy, why shouldn't we? Because we all seem to have faith in what those two are doing right now. Right. And he also, he has a strong relationship with Todd Phillips. Um, according Phillips to this, spoke very highly of him. Yeah, yeah. Todd Phillips was very, very um, complimentary about him. So that's good, too. When one of your biggest movies of the past five, six years, the director has a good relationship with this guy. And yeah, that's, him. that's interesting because wasn't Phillips at one point considered to be in the running for head of DC Films or DC Studios, whatever they want to call it? Yeah, he so, was. To have this, to ha- you know, it's it's probably a good thing for Phillips because you know Phillips seems to be a, a big part of this where this is going, at least with their like air quotes black label titles, right? You know, yeah. his, his Joker movie took the world by storm. Um, his Joker two has already uh, got a you know star studded cast. It seems like with Lady Gaga added to edition. So and it and it seems to be very unique as a musical. Yes. So we'll see what else, but like Todd Phillips seems to be a big part of, you know, just DC movies may not be the extended universe, but he's still bringing us content that we haven't seen before. And it's pretty much unlike anything we've ever seen. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's the good thing. This announcement also, it, it kind of shows just they're staying, they're not hiring out of, out of Warner brothers. They're just promoting people who are already within the company who have worked on these great things. Uh, Which is good things. if you made it. Cause they've been laying off people left and right. Right. That's the other thing I was going to say. So it was good. It was good PR for them to also put this out there, uh, you know, because they've had such bad PR recently. Mm-hmm. So it was good to to see this as well. Um, also, Peter Safran, a guy who we all know uh, pretty well from he did the Conjuring Universe. He produced the Conjuring Universe and a bunch of other films. Uh, he's re-upped with Warner Brothers in his production deal. So he'll he'll be sticking around as well which is which is good because there's not many movies that saffron has produced that i don't like you know he's uh he's he's really credible at this point um i mean he, he had a hand in peacemaker uh the scary movies uh let's see i'm, I'm looking at his aquaman card. yep aquaman i believe shazam as well I'm looking shazam for yes the nun yep. so you know he he's a he's a big Warner Brothers guy. Like they, they want to be in Saffron business. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting because at one point even he was talked about to be the, you know, in the running for DC films, and you know it's a bit of a bummer that nobody wants this job. To be honest, I don't know if it's the fact that, you know, Warner Brothers may be up for sale at some point. That that was a rumor that was going around, but um, and Casey Walsh has said this numerous times that, you know, no one wants this job. This job is a huge black eye for Warner Brothers. Like, no one seems to want to take the reins here. And it just seems to be defaulting to DeLuca. So it just, well, I, yeah, I think the uncertainty behind it is probably the biggest problem. Yeah, I just, you, you yeah. would think that, you know, and the whole Dan Lin thing, he seemed to be a perfect fit. And he eventually turned it down because he couldn't get a production deal with his studio. Um, I I don't know the inner workings of Hollywood. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to go on rant mode either and pretend like I do. Right. But you know, it, it's from what I can tell, this this doesn't. It's it's not a good look that even your internal guys don't want this. You know, they'd rather work with you than for you, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, I think what the the history though that we've seen that we've just been talking about the history behind what's been going on with the DC properties and and the label. It, it's you know it makes you think twice if you really want to get involved with something like that 
So it kind of reminds me, and this one goes out to the Caruso's when Dusty Baker was in line for the Cubs job and like, you know, they were in, they talked to Dusty about it. I think this is when he's still with the, I think it was with the giants at this time. And he goes, man, Chicago, if someone could win there, they'd be immortalized. And like this job, if someone can get, take over this studio and write the ship with the characters and what seems to be the creatives they have currently and whatever they can pull in, there's, they could do some magical things and they can make a ton of money. And uh, it, it may be a daunting task and it may scare some people off, you know, like recently Kevin Smith said he didn't want to direct a star Wars or Marvel movie. Cause he's afraid he wouldn't be able to deliver a good enough movie for the fan base. And my response to that was like, well, if you don't think you can do it good, cause that means your heart's not really in it. Right. Like that's you true. Don't think, like, I don't want a guy who thinks he can't do it. Like no one, like you don't go to an interview and say, Oh, I can't, I don't think I can do this. I know what this stuff is. I know how to do it, but I, I can't do this. Like you, if you don't have confidence in yourself, what makes you think anyone else is going to have confidence in you? Yeah. Like that's the thing that I would say if, if I was in this position, I'd be like, yeah, look, give me a shot. Like I, what do you have to lose? Like, it seems like all these executives are here for only a minute anyway. And then they, they leave and go do something else. Like I, I'm I'm pretty sure Kevin Sujahara has some big bankroll job right now. I don't think that guy's you know you know like yeah they it, move it, on right and that I guy's got a tainted history of like yes you know, and I, court issues. And I, oh yeah uh, harassment yes he's yeah got some, like and I'm, I'm telling stuff. you I'm, I guarantee you that guy's got a big wig job somewhere probably uh, which says more about Hollywood than anything else but you're probably right. Uh, I do think, but they also might be looking, these people might've been looking at Walter Hamada as well. and being like, he's already doing the job. Why are you looking for somebody else? And they might, who knows? They could be friends with him. They, you know, he could, they could have relationships with him that they didn't want to step on his toes and take this job. Now that he's gone, maybe that they feel some people might be more open to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just been a crazy time. Uh, when you think about they, you know, they have had good movies come out. We talked about Wonder Woman, obviously the Batman, uh, Aquaman made over a billion dollars. Uh, Shazam was critically acclaimed. They've been doing they've been, Suicide Squad was critically acclaimed. They've been putting out some really good movies. So you'd think someone will be like, yeah, let's come in and, you know, continue that shriek. You know, they they've have a good baseline established. Yeah. It's like I said, like people talk about like, oh man, Zazov's cleaning the house. Old Hollywood's gone. I was like, this seems like nothing but old Hollywood. Yeah. Like to me, nothing's changed. People just got the so-called snakes that they think of out of the, like, you know, like that's it. There's, there's, there's a certain group of people who have like this already made up mindset and they're like, oh, that's it. We won. Like, no, you did it. Like it's, this is still this. They're still operating the same in my opinion. There's no winning. Like when, 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 to me, when this stuff happens, there's no, nobody wins. Uh, I, I wouldn't be, to, to be brutally honest, I don't care. Yeah. The like, only thing I'm, that matters to me is my ass in the theater and what's on the screen. Like these, <laughs> however, these guys want to backstab and, you know, like figure out how they want to jump ahead of each other and whatnot. Like whatever. I don't care. Just make movies, do your job. Exactly. That's what I'm here for. You know who's going to be winning me at 10 o'clock when I see Black Adam? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, you think about a title like that we, we were just talking about. When you were a kid, I'm sure you never thought you'd see a Black Adam movie, right? When I was like, a kid, I knew who Black Adam was. 
I know, but I'm just saying, like, even in your mind, <laughs> even if you could put it in your mind that you were a fan, right. of that guy, that was, you. You, you would never even thought this guy's going to be on the big screen someday. And I'll even say this, like something as, as just as something as horrible and something I consider a stain as Gotham, like, you know, creating that did create a fan base. It did create new fans. It did expose the character. Like if someone thought that was good, then when they actually see good Batman, they're going to be blown away. So like <laughs> it's a gateway drug, but if they don't do anything, then that's the problem. They're still at least creating that gateway to a fan base and that's yep. the most important thing and that's how we as fans win yep you know there's no one no one around to say oh man i love again i bring this up again way of the western no one grows up saying i love westerns they don't make westerns anymore what would the, the the chris pratt movie was the last western i think i've ever seen yeah so again, like no one grows up saying they're fans of Westerns and unless your great uncle Vito makes you watch them with him. <laughs> it's true. Make it's content, a, make stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's whether exactly whatever medium it's in, make it because no, there's art. This is all art, right? And art is everyone likes something. So you're going to hit with some people on these things and if that if that specific art leads them to another better form of that art then yeah then you did your job yeah. batman and robin led to the nolan verse yeah you know the snyder verse led to you know whatever this is called now <laughs> right you know like sometimes you got to go through a bit of a rough patch to get to you know the the the, the other side and th that's totally fine because then again like I, I didn't have it, but I like BVS. Yes, you do. So like having people not like it's a bother. Cause then I'm like, Oh man, the GA hates this. Yeah. Where does this leave the franchise? Like, that's my concern. Well, I still like it. I'm, I could still be concerned about the future because BVS led to justice league 17 and then a whole bunch of online fighting for five years. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you got to be able to also, right. You got to see the bigger picture, which is what you're saying. Like, where does it leave the franchise? You got to be able to see that even if you like something. We both like, like I, Suicide Squad, but we know that movie has huge flaws. Yeah. Like it, it works for me because I was just, it was something different at the time. And it was uh, something I wanted to see. And I, it worked for me. I, I understand why people don't like it. I, it has one of the worst villains ever. <laughs> That's number one. But um, yeah. I mean, like when she's doing that belly dance, I thought that was pretty great. I, whatever. <laughs> I literally when that Cara Delamine is a beautiful woman. Yes, but when that when they get to the part where they're leaving the the bar, yeah, I, I turn off the movie. I don't need to watch it anymore. I've seen all I wanted to see <laughs> about it. I, I like the, the, you know, it's got some good stuff in it. But you know, it does it, as it most does. of these movies do. Yeah, even Morbius had some cool scenes in it. Yes. That's why I said I didn't hate it. That's why I said it you was know. okay. It's, you know. I think it's a horrible movie, but like, it's all right. We could talk about, I mean, we could talk about this stuff all day. But, the, but you made somebody will watch that movie, probably someone who's not a, a Marvel fan, probably someone who doesn't read comic books. It's probably someone who loves vampires, but they're like, oh man, this is cool. I dig this Morbius guy. Yes. Let me go read up on him. That's how you create a fan. Even if something yeah. as bad as Morbius can create a fan. Right, and a lot of and casting people also could do that, right? Like, I'm sure... Leto, yeah. I'm sure Leto fans who don't like comic book movies went to see the movie. Right. And maybe they dug it. Maybe it's just vampire fans. I don't know. Right. Yeah. 
But like, if you stay I, stagnant, you're not going to make any. You're not going to make new fans. You're not. You're right. So, well, some one guy who I think wants is trying to regain his fans and trying to put himself in a better light is Ezra Miller, at least from what we hear. Mm-hmm. But uh, he recently had to, you know, go to court for his his burglary charge in Vermont, and he pled not guilty. Uh, he faces up to 26 years in prison if convicted, which is a lot, I think. <laughs> wow. Uh, so yeah, he's he faces he faces a maximum of 26 years behind bars, as well as over $2,000 in fines, if found guilty of the charges stemming from the spring incident, which entailed stealing three bottles of liquor, gin, vodka, and rum from the Winkors, um pantry. If you look at the article we posted from Deadline, they have the terms of release for Ezra Miller. And uh, you could actually look up the ad- <laughs> the house he broke into on Zillow. It looks pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean... No excuse for what he did, because um, I can't imagine those three bottles of booze costing him more than like $90. And uh, I think his Justice League check should cover that. Uh, to me, this... To me, the, the, the Hollywood Reporter article about the f- films was released to kind of cover this up a little bit. They released on the same day, mm-hmm. um, you know, to try to drown this out. I mean, you know, you, you hear the star of your next movie or one of your upcoming films is facing 26 years. That's that's going to, you know, you want something to distract the audience. Um, this just isn't a good look, in my opinion, whether he, his attorney, you know, and his attorney will do magic and he probably will not serve 26 years. But I think Ezra Miller's career is on the line in this case. I just do. I, I can yeah. I could see if he's convicted of anything. And whatever he does get convicted of, it's gonna have an effect. This probably cost him his job with the flash, I think, in my opinion. I don't think Warner Brothers wants to deal with him anymore. I think after the flash he's done. Possibly. You know, those rumors are circulating over Twitter. Um you could take it for what you want. I just, I'm all for cutting ties with this guy because he's just, you know, he's just a headache. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, <clears throat> it doesn't sound good. Uh, I mean, anytime you hear this kind of a, a, a sentencing possibility that, that it, there's more to it than just what we heard. I, it seems odd for stealing liquor that you can get 26 years. And he claims before. he did it because he was making something for his mother. Like, why can't he just go to the liquor store? Like his, his reasoning doesn't make sense. What was he making her a cocktail? <laughs> like I just don't get it dude like that still doesn't justify you breaking into somebody's house and apparently they yeah. have like security cam footage so it's not he said she said it's like dude you're on tape yep like stop being an idiot yeah I mean it's good that we heard that he's trying to get help or he's trying to deal with the situation that stuff's all positive but when you when you start to hear about these actual cases, and I'm pretty sure he has more than this one uh, that he's going to have to deal with. I mean, he's th- that young girl that they're claiming he brainwashed and he's been grooming or whatever the terms is. Like, I don't know, like whatever. I don't know that, but that's not this case. He's he's facing 26 years for burglary and theft. I think larceny was <laughs> mentioned. Like, yeah, I don't know if I'm Warner Brothers. I'm just saying, man, like. You're in the paper for all the wrong reasons. It'd be one thing if you were like, you know, helping out dogs at like a rescue shelter or, or visiting kids in a hospital. But dude, like nothing, you, you haven't done anything positive since I can't recall. 
Everything he's everything his name's in the papers for is for negative reasons. And it's like, you know, you're you're innocent until proven guilty, but dude, like your public reputation's already tainted. And that's all that matters to these people is PR. Oh yeah. I mean for for the on the film side of things, yeah, that's 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 definitely all they care about. So I, I mean, I just don't know what <clears throat> what the public's gonna think the longer we get away from this situation, right? Like the flash still doesn't come out until June or July. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's still plenty of time for people to forget about this, even though we know if he's on the press tour, which would be crazy if he was, they're going to ask him about these incidents. If I were him, I'd be doing a lot of charity work. Yep. I would be on the public eye. I know they want him hidden. I know he's hiding right now. I know he's staying out of public eye, but if I'm him, I'm at homeless shelters. I'm, I'm pouring bowls of soup. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm walking old ladies across the street. I am doing everything I can to change my image. Cause right now, all anyone thinks of you is something negative. That's right. That's up You're to right. you to change it because until you do, everyone's going to think of you as the guy who choked a chick in Iceland, got arrested in Hawaii and broke into somebody's house for bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. Change your image. Do something yeah. proper for a change. Do something right. Right. I mean, even if even if you going going by the thing, he's got mental problems uh, and he's getting help for them. That's great. But you still got to stand up for what you did. Like you still that's got to great. He goes to therapy what once a week, once a day. There are 24 hours in a day. Do something productive. I agree with you. I think he should. I think they should have him. His PR people should have him out doing stuff. I agree with that. hundred percent. So. We don't know what's going to happen, guys, uh, with this case. I have a feeling it's going to wind up being um, a settlement of some sort. Uh, no one got hurt in this. So usually when that's the case and it's just property, settlements happen in these. I mean, I guess. Things. I mean, I don't know the emotional impact that happened on the on the people who own that house that knowing that they're they have a crazy neighbor who wants to break in their house for anything like that. That's that's unsettling. It is. It is. But you I don't know, think he's there. Living next I don't door think... to someone who you think is a whack job is a problem. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure uh, uh, if I was Ezra, I would have left. I would not be staying there and living in that place anymore. So I believe it's his mother's house, if I'm not mistaken. He bought it for his mother. Well, then Vermont. he should move his mother. <laughs> I agree. Because, yeah, I mean, just for op- the optic situation, we know, I mean, obviously he's not a super duper millionaire, but we know he has money, so. He's got cash. Yeah, so you could sell, I mean, you're you're part of a, he's part of a, a Harry Potter franchise, so yeah, even if they don't do well. The money they sell the house where he can buy a new house, I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, yeah, so I'm sure he could do, move around, but yeah, this is going to be an interesting thing to follow, and I, I think, the reason, other reason I think it's going to get settled is because for sake of the film and his career, they want it to go away as fast as possible. So they're going to try as fast as they can to settle this out of, out of court. Probably it might never go. We might never have a trial settlement might happen. Mm-hmm. And I also have not heard one person talk about Ezra Miller outside of Twitter. It's true. I don't know if he's famous enough for people to even care. That's a very fair point. Um, you know, I think people who know his work are fans of these franchises that we attach him to. Yeah. You know, he's not someone like a, uh, like go poll your family members and see if anyone actually know who yeah. Ezra Miller is. I, I don't no. know if he's that popular. I just really right. don't. I agree. And that may work in Warner brothers favor. Yes, it could. But then again, like 
if he's on a press tour, someone's going to ask him the question about, you know, oh, how's how? Because they ask them everything about their personal lives. Reporters don't care. They want that clip, that soundbite. If the, if the interviewee gets angered, that's even better for them. So I could see somebody like, how's therapy going, Ezra? <laughs> Just to tick them off. Yeah, yeah, like, it's fair. I could see somebody doing that. Yeah, I agree. So this situation, we hadn't talked about it in so long because uh, we hadn't had news. Because he's been MIA. He's been hiding. Yeah, which is a good thing. The less news we hear regarding Ezra Miller, the better. But uh, yeah, this is, you know, this is not, this wasn't a good bit of news that dropped this week. I really don't want to hear his name again until like the first trailer of The Flash starring Ezra Miller. Like that's the, that's the next time I want to hear this guy's name. Yep. I'm with you there. So. And and again, if Warner Brothers is done with this and they've, they've had it with him and they recast, not a problem for me. Yeah. I'm not, I don't have a problem with it either. I'm fine with it. If anything, totally go find a nice, beautiful blonde guy to play Barry Allen like they should have in the first place. Uh-oh, here we go. Yeah, they could have... I always thought about that. They could have given him the Chris Evans treatment with the hair, right? Like, they could have... They could have colored his hair. Chris Evans... Crossed they colored his Chris, tips? Yeah, they, they did that to Chris Evans for Captain America. So they could have done it. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's such a minor detail. It's not. A big it is. Deal. It's a small detail, so it's fine. But all right. So guys, as, as the Ezra Miller saga continues, we of course we will keep you guys posted on anything new that comes up regarding that situation. Uh, one situation that we all loved, which we talked about before, was the Batman, and the surprise that we got uh, with Barry Keoghan's Joker at the end. Now, of course, there was a deleted scene that we got to see as well which is very cool. Uh, kind of had that silence of the lambs. Yeah. Clar- Clarice, uh, Hannibal Lecter conversation vibe going on there. But um, Barry spoke about him playing the Joker uh, and if he'll be back. So this is what he said. It says very intimidating playing the Joker. Heath Ledger was the best one for me. So you have a lot of people to draw from and that, but again, you bring your own version to it. That's what I do with any character I play is known as no one has seen my version of it. And again, going back to it, I don't want to be like so-and-so and follow that method and that method. I want to do me. I want to bring my version because I feel that it, that is a new and in, in a way and unique that when you bring your version, no one has seen it and that many people might relate to it. So it was intimidating, but I was excited for it. Uh, then he started a little bit later, started to talk about uh, Matt Reeves um and his experience with matt on set and he said matt's amazing i mean again it's sort of like you go into a numbness when you're there because you forget again another great director at communicating what he wants in the most delicate way and make you understand that's the most important thing for me is being able to understand what my director wants but he's just amazing and he was so on board with me and the same with producer dylan clark and getting to do the scene with um, robert pattinson and paul dano was just a master class of of an experience so uh, it's amazing to hear. You know, he right. sounds really into it. He sound, everyone seems to be really supportive. Um, they seem to have like a really clear vision for this, and it's right. it seems to be a fresh take. Um, you know, no surprise he loves Heath as the Joker. Who doesn't? Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm glad he put his own spin on it. You know, whether it's this Hannibal Lecter type spin or whatnot, is it's cool. I'm down. I was down for the fresh take with Phoenix. I was down for the the Colombian drug lord with Leto. Right. You know, uh, 
I appreciate that every we've never really seen the same Joker in live action. We've been very fortunate. They haven't really re, done any retreads. It's true. And uh, I appreciate that. You know, the, the people are trying to do something different and that's the most important thing. And that's why these characters can live on because they can be in, interpreted different ways. Um, you know, he may not be, my, it may not be my most favorite look for the Joker. Right. But that deleted scene gave me a sense of what I can expect from that Joker. And it seems to be very faithful. You know, he, he likes messing with Batman. He likes having fun with Batman. Uh, I'm kind of all for it. I'm really excited. Even that little bit we saw in the uh, in the movie was was nice. It was interesting. You know, it's a cute little tease yeah, of what is coming. And uh, that's what really gets me excited is the future. And, you know, to hear him talk about this positively and passionately really brings me uh, brings me joy. I mean, even when Leto was cast, he said he compared the he compared his Joker to like a Shakespearean tragedy. I think that was the quote. And uh, some people would say that's exactly what it was. <laughs> but I appreciated how he interpreted that and how he tried to do his own little thing. So I, I think that's good that these actors are allowed to be themselves and craft their characters how they feel fit. Yeah. And with the Joker, you really have that because he really doesn't have much of an art. I mean, depending on what version you're reading, his origin mm. story is kind of open for interpretation. So you can go there and try stuff without having to stick to any kind of specific guidelines. Yeah. Uh, which is, a, this is one of the great things about the character. Uh, it was cool to read also his experience of watching himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, like he says, I think all of us feel this way. Even sometimes when I listen back to our shows, I'm critical of things I might've might not have done, or I think, Oh crap, I could have done that better. Uh, so He's like watching a movie uh, is hard because you, when you watch it back, you're just kind of critiquing yourself all the time. Um, and you're kind of picking out the parts where you didn't do as well. Because I'm the same mm. way. I do that. I, the good stuff people can I don't rewatch our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't do, I know there's some people, there's other people like me that don't. It's just, it's done. It's in the can. I don't like to do it, but sometimes I will just to see, okay, how, how was the show? What was it mm. like? Or sometimes when I'm editing, if I'm editing, I have to listen back anyway to hear. I do that things. with the Italian Spider-Man Coalition. I, yeah. I get so, you. yeah. So you you kind of just have to hear it and you're like, oh, that wasn't good. Or that sounded, that didn't sound as good when, as it did when we did it. Or it sounds different after the fact. But uh, it's just cool listening to how an artist does the process of watching himself. Because I think it's something we all have problems doing. I don't care what anybody says. We're all our worst critics, I believe. So. I think we all have issues with that kind of stuff. Can you imagine how hard of a critic Reno is on himself? He's a hard critic to begin with. Can you imagine how hard he is on himself? <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he's he's got high standards for what he likes. I don't have a problem. I do too, so I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to be step off the gas a little bit. <laughs> so it, it's cool, though. I, I appreciate people who are like that. That's That's fine. All right, so let's switch over now. We did a lot. We've been doing a lot of Warner Brothers DC heavy stuff. Let's go over to the Marvel side of things, where things usually are always much happier, <laughs> for whatever reason. So, uh, of course, we talked about last week. We talked about She Hulk and how how we both felt about it, and the finale. Of course, was I thought I didn't. It didn't. I didn't love it, but most people did. I'm in the minority with this one. Uh, but we had a little bit of insight from Jessica Gal on how it all came to be. Specifically about the hat. I thought that was interesting. 
So as you I guys- had to go back and look. I don't even remember that robot having a hat. I had to re. I was so just mesmerized by the whole concept of Kevin that I didn't even notice the hat. Yeah, it has. It's you. You wouldn't notice it really until you watch it a second time. You're like, oh crap! It, it does. There's like a there's a lip on the on the camera above the. It's just it mm-hmm. is good. Very very well done. So um, yeah, they talked about how she talked about how she would. She said she would have quit if he didn't let her do it. <clears throat> well, she did and, quit. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> she quit not really. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, she quit, but she was laughing when she said it. So clearly, she didn't quit. And like he even said to her, "So thank you very much, Jessica. You've done some great work for us, and we really appreciate everything." And then one of the um, development supervisors went back and did the compromise and that's the little part we got the little lip over the camera where it says kevin which makes it actually kind of look like an old school like you know camera yeah you know so it kind of it kind of i think it's the best of both worlds to be honest with you and again this just goes back to like feige is just i've got a new respect for him the fact that he's able to really poke fun at himself here 20 years later right like has it been 20 years i don't know 15 maybe yeah, you know, I just you you would think that someone with his success would be like, no, you're not mocking me, right? I or even this. right, or because she brings up also how uh, she thought she'd have to do a traditional ending, and he was he was the one that was like, no, you haven't made a traditional Marvel show, so do what you got to do. And yeah, you know that's another thing. Like he, everyone's so oh, they have this formula, which yeah, they do, but they're not averse to going away from it if it if it fits the what's your the story you're telling they they have been less formulatic form form formulatic formulaic in recent years than they've ever been in my opinion yeah yeah partly because they that i they weren't building towards a, a big end movie even though they now we know that they are but in this phase there's been none of that yeah so i think they've had a little bit more uh leeway to do certain things um, I appreciate that. Like at one point, the kind of cookie cutterness of the MCU was growing old. Yeah, I agree. And this is like you know, this is why they are basically the top dog in Hollywood. You know, they they are adapting to the audience. Yeah. You know the and now they're even making fun of themselves. So, to me, that that is not only a sign of confidence, but of of brilliance because you're moving forward. You're not again. You're not stagnant. You know, they could just be like, we know what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And this is what we do. They're really trying to do some different things here. And I yeah. appreciate that. They are. I mean, even Werewolf by Night. That's another I have, one. I still haven't watched it. I don't know why. Everyone tells me it's fantastic, but I have to watch it. But yeah, that's another one, right? Like, that's totally out of the it's blue. It's different. Yeah, it's completely different. So one of the one of the things that Jessica Gao mentions in this um, interview is the including Scar. I'm not... If, guys, if you haven't seen the She-Hulk finale... I'm sorry, but there's... you've given them a week. It's fine. Yeah. Um, we get to see Scar, obviously, for the first time. And that was one thing he, she said he insisted they have in this. So kind of makes you wonder now, OK, what's next? What are they going to do with the character? Well, for me, you're thinking plan. I'm thinking Planet Hulk. I mean, yeah, know, I'm not th- when with the introduction of that character in that Fast and Furious scene. I'm not thinking of She-Hulk. I'm thinking of Hulk, future Hulk movies. Right. In my opinion, that that that's a big tease for me, you which know, would and, be cool. And to me, to have the show literally kind of plant the seeds for two future events is huge. You've got Daredevil, yep, and you've got whatever happens with the Hulk, yep. 
And that's, you know, while the show doesn't, while the show takes what it does seriously, but not itself seriously, the fact that they've got these spinoffs planned is brilliant in my opinion. And I, yeah, I've been, Eric, you know me, I've been very critical of the Hulk in the MCU. You have. She-Hulk has really restored a lot of my faith in the Hulk. I think he's a little bit tinier now than he should be. I think that could be rectified. But I am really all in on this Hulk stuff. Like you guys, She-Hulk was a huge turning point for me. Nailing that the way they did really changed my perspective. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you would know better. You read She-Hulk comics. So you would, that's why when you say this is a very faithful adaptation and you, if you read the comics, you'd understand. I totally like, I take your word for it because I know you've read, you've read it. So yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're feeling better about it now, I think a lot of people should who had, who have had issues with uh, how the Hulk was portrayed, including myself. Lie, I still prefer the more ruthless and savage version of the Hulk, but I, right. this can get by. I can get by with this. Like, you know, as long as you know, I can see myself, I'm drawn in right now, whether they execute it properly right. and I like it is one thing, but they have, they've, they've regained my trust with the Hulk and I'm very interested. So I'll just say that. Yeah. So as you mentioned, uh, it, it reintroduces Daredevil to the world, uh, to the MCU. And also it brings Charlie Cox back, uh, which was a surprise to him. Uh, in an interview he did with Entertainment Weekly, he talks about uh, how he thought this was over, that he was never going to play the part again, that him and Vincent D'Onofrio, who plays Kingpin, were kind of each other's sounding board on this. And mm-hmm. he would visit D'Onofrio would be like, oh, no, they're going to call us. I know it. And he was like, no, forget it. It's over. That that chapter is done in our careers or whatever. So that was cool to read. Uh, but he said he got a call from Kevin Feige in June of 2020. Uh, and then originally it was just that he wanted to put him in Spider-Man and then the She-Hulk TV show. So we, obviously we, we saw him in both. So um, it was really cool to read this interview as well, because I actually talked to Charlie Cox for a few minutes once at a Comic-Con when, when it was right after Justice League came out. And they did a local Comic-Con here on Long Island and I went to it. And that's when all the, the Justice League stars were there. So Gal was there. Um, Henry Cavill was there. Jason Momoa was there. I remember that um, con. I remember that yeah, con. They were all there. Uh, so everyone was like paying attention to them. And Charlie, I literally was able to walk up to him and have a conversation just like two guys chatting mm-hmm. uh, anywhere. Um, and he's like just reading this interview and how gracious he is. That's how he was in person. He was like, oh, thank you so much. You know, I, I, I talked to him about Boardwalk Empire because he was on Boardwalk Empire. So I talked to him about um that role was just very cool. The crazy thing was the people who ran it wouldn't let me take a picture with them. Uh, Mystery. Yeah. I was like, why not? I guess they wanted to charge me for it. And and I was like, yeah, no, that's, I'm not paying. We've just been chatting here for like 10 minutes. So it was very cool to read. And I could picture like him talking and giving these reactions and this response. He also wanted to thank the fans because he really credits them with uh, their hashtag campaign. And, and, you know, apparently they weren't a very toxic group. Uh, No one was a snake or got a death threat. So it's nice to know there are some civil fans out there. Um, And he really just wanted to say, Hey, this wouldn't be possible without you. And he thanked the fans. And I think that's a good thing, you know, to take, you know, the fans took action and they seem to do it the proper way, this group of Daredevil fans. And I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see it, you know, and, even Cox seems to be uh, a little confused into which version of Daredevil this is. He says some things will be similar, some things will be different. Right. Um, you know, if you want to argue over continuity, please go ahead, be my guest. Uh, I'm going to sit down and watch the show. 
I'll appreciate it for whatever it is, as long as it's uh, quality work, as I've said in the past. Uh, And it's good to have them back. You know, um, this seems to be the way the MCU is going. Uh, The only person they're not bringing back in in a legacy role is Sam Elliott. I think that's a missed opportunity. (laughs) You know, I've said that two shows in a row now. I agree, man. His um, his mustache and his voice. Theme. Like as good as Ford is, I can't deny how good of an actor Harrison Ford is. But you've literally brought everybody back. So, <laughs> yeah, like you said, his mustache and his voice are just perfect. iconic. <laughs> so we also do. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think mm-hmm. of that. You said you said it until you said it last week. I didn't think of it, but yeah, it'd be good. Good to have him back. Um, yeah, you mentioned that they talked about which version he's playing. Uh, I think. Whichever way they go with it, it could be it could be the same Matt Murdock. We're all not one thing. Like we're all not depressed all the time, or we're all not happy all the time. So, you know, people, he's a person. He could have mm-hmm. different feelings, different, you know, different days. I put him in different moods, and that's just what you do. That's how you go about yeah. um, the it's, character. It's just interesting because it felt like at times the MCU went out of its way to basically like, no, Netflix isn't a part of our universe. Right. And Netflix yeah. was like, no, we are. We're a part, you know, it almost feels like very Sony. Sony's like, well, Spider-Man's there, and then we have this. Right. <laughs> you know? So, again, if you're worried about continuity, uh, uh, my, my, my solution to you would be don't be. Because as a comic book fan, continuity is very convoluted. Um, we've had many uh, reboots and resets of various universes in the past. So just, you know, just appreciate what you got in front of you and just enjoy it for the hour that you get the chance to watch the show every week, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Like, just enjoy what they're going to give you. Don't worry about that stuff. It doesn't really make much uh, difference, really. Uh, you know, if, if as long as it's told well and it's, it fits within the story being told, then just run with it. Mm-hmm. That's how I would go. I agree. Um, there is another person that in a, in a different interview, they bring up Jessica Henwick's Colleen Wing character from Iron Fist. Pete, did you watch Iron Fist? I did. I did. I actually didn't think it was as bad as most people. I actually kind of enjoyed it. A little slow burn, but I, did, I didn't think it was bad. Yeah, I didn't either. And it's the one, it's the rare instance where the second season is better than the first one. So I liked yeah. season two better than season one. Uh, I but her the character, about Luke Cage. I thought season two got worse. Right. So her, but her character was cool. And they the, apparently she's a big fan favorite. Fans want to bring her back. And Charlie Cox is like, what do you think I have this power to bring people back? Casting people. He's like, I don't have any pull. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know he's been, he's uh, Tatiana Mosley has been egging him on. Like, Hey, look, I got you on my show. Yeah. Time to return the favor. Yeah. Which just means that Jen Walters is trying to get it in. and we all know jen walters loves her her superhero sex life so yes we yes we do know that so that'd be (laughs) do you think they did it when she was she hulk or when she was jen i don't know the only time you're me i gotta do it both ways i gotta compare them (laughs) i gotta try it out right i I can't not yeah because there's gotta be things that she hulk can do that jen can't Oh, if if I was in the situation, I'm hundred percent. I would yeah. much rather. I'd have to say, okay, we need to do, at least do it twice so I can figure out. Yeah, I can let you know what which what, which Eric's version. Like, where are my blue pills? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so um, yeah, I totally hear you on that one. But uh, Justin just turned off the radio. It's like there's porn <laughs> on Street of Gotham. No one can listen to this. It's just like Homecoming. Yeah, he'll never live that down. He will never do it. He will never live that down. 
it's cool too that they bring up Christian Kristen Ritter in this on the in the Hollywood Reporter interview. They bring up Kristen Ritter's um character. We know she played Jessica Jones. You want to talk about superhero sex life. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> seriously. So I think it would be cool. I would I think it would be pretty cool if they brought these all these characters in at some point. Uh because they those Marvel shows were big um Netflix shows were big hits. I love the so, Defenders. I thought the Defenders was great. Defenders was good. Yeah. I was a big Defenders fan. I, I enjoyed the Netflix stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that we get all these characters back. Uh, some I don't think I saw the last season of Jessica Jones. It wasn't as good as the first. That seemed um, to be, except for Daredevil and Iron Fist, it seems like the seasons that followed weren't as good. Yeah. Um. Well, season one had Kilgrave, and he the uh, what's his name? I can't think of the actor's name right now, but he was so good. Purple Man. Villain. Yeah, he was great. Uh. Yeah. So. That's why, that's, I, uh, man. When I remember, <laughs> I remember when Jessica Jones came out. I was like, "There's no way Marvel's going to accept this." <laughs> I was yeah. like, first of all, she curses way too much." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you could, if Marvel wanted to do and stay in the same lane, which I think they're going to have to with her character. And obviously, if they ever brought Punisher back, you can't do the, you can't do a soft version of the Punisher. Um. I I'm think you'd you know, have... we're going to we're going to get an idea because a lot, you know, yeah, a lot of this is going to hinge on what Daredevil's allowed a uh, Daredevil uh, Deadpool's allowed to do. That's true. Deadpool's going to be our real first test. Like we got a little bit of, uh, <laughs> you know, fun activity in She-Hulk, but uh, Deadpool's going to push the limits here of what Disney will allow. Yeah. And I mean, if you believe them and take them at their word, they're not going to restrict anything. So uh, you say that, but we're also talking about a company that airbrushes cigarettes out of Walt's hands. <laughs> Last time I checked smoking well, wasn't offensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess maybe that's where the overarching Disney is going to get their input on what the mo- smaller Marvel studios does. Um, I guess that's what we'll, that's where we'll really find out. Yeah, we'll see how much power Disney has in this. Uh, even though so many of their their animated stuff, I can question. <laughs> uh, like the like the penis on the Little Mermaid cover. Yeah, and not only Lion not only King of the sex in the air, it spells out sex. Yeah, and not only that stuff, but even stuff in the films. Sometimes little kids don't catch it, but as an adult, you watch it back, you're like. Oh god damn, they really they they went there in that film. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'm just saying, like you could you could argue with them on on their morality stuff if you want to as well. But we'll see how that all goes. And I'm so looking forward for Daredevil Born Again. Uh especially since we got a taste of it in She-Hulk. I'm really looking forward to this. I, I just uh, hope they go back to the red suit. I actually was not a big fan of the yellow suit as I thought I would be. And that's the original one. Yeah. I I just it didn't work for me. I know. Well, if they had gone the original one is even more yellow than that. Uh, I thought it was pretty fair. Color. It almost you know, yellow head sleeves. It looked like it yeah. was wearing kind of a vest. So we'll see. I agree with you. I I like the red better. Uh, it's just I guess it's just what I'm used to and the color the, the way I like the colors the red and the black the contrast. I guess I like it better, but. I mean, it didn't. It didn't take away from the the show for me or the character, so I was okay with it. Uh, all right, so we know that season four of Titans is coming fast, and we finally got a full trailer. Honestly, dude, since since the first trailer to me, uh, for the first season that we got, this is the darkest one we've seen. Yeah, uh, right. 
I think um, so. Well, I think I feel like where they're going is just very dark. If you're, you know, you're doing cult stuff, you know, there's kind of little room to be bright in that. But I really dug it. I, I think this guy who plays Lex is pretty cool. This dude, he's really got my yeah. attention. Yeah. Uh, really cool seeing what they did with Connor. I like that Raven seems to be a huge focus. She was a huge focus of season one, but I still think exactly. that's the 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 lesser of the seasons that we've seen. Um, so I, I'd like to see her written a little bit better. Um, uh, they've got me. They've got my attention. I'm, I'm into this. I want to see what, and I mean, I, I'm a huge Dick Grayson fan, so obviously I'm tuning into this. But yeah, I mean. They got me. Yeah, they definitely, uh, to me, this really raised uh, the stakes. Uh, it, I feel like the two seasons now that have been on HBO Max exclusively have been, you can tell the influence. Uh, the production value looks better to me much better right and yeah i mean the, the content like you said titus welliver looks really cool as lex uh definitely um shows this very evil side from at least from what we've seen mm-hmm. uh you have like you said much more raven uh you have all the supernatural elements with brother blood and you see jinx we get a we get our first look at jinx in this uh so yeah i mean we're getting a very very different kind of titans um to me in this one. So I'm really, really looking forward to this. And uh, I hope it's not the last season. There's been kind of whispers going around that it could be. Mm -hmm. And I just, we also just found out that stranger things season four is the last season, even though we might've known that already. I didn't. So I saw that thing, uh, that little picture, the poster they put out. So I was a little pissed about that. Now (laughs) for someone who's as big of a fan of the show as you are. Yes. Does the fact that Mr. Walt is it Walters, Kieran Walters, the fact that he's not in this season, is that a problem for you? Uh, not yet. Uh, I want, I need to see what they're doing with it. Cause they've and, made a lot of changes from yeah. season one. Like we, we've lost Hawk Dove. They've seen, obviously one's dead. The other one just went, is gone. Donna. And now it seems that Red Hood or uh, Jason Todd is no longer there. Obviously for obvious reasons. Right. So, you know, changes to the cast have been made. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of cool to in these shows where you have these characters. It's kind of cool that there are stakes and the stakes stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say one that about it. Titans, at least, you know, when they kill someone, I mean, they brought Donna back. Uh, but I mean, when they kill, you know, she wasn't kill... in the trailer. She wasn't in this last trailer. I don't think I've I know. Seen, I don't, have we seen her in any trailers? Not if not for this season, no. But I mean, they killed Aqualad. Yeah, they back. did, but he's not. He wasn't really a part. He, you know, that was it was a it was a cool no, cameo, I and I, I dug it. Right. I know what you're saying. I, I know what you're saying. I mean, Hawk dying was a bigger problem for me than Aqualad. Well, yeah, I mean that Aqualad. He was, I was like, oh, bum! This looks. This guy looks awesome. This suit looks cool. He's dead already. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, like Hawk was a huge part. Was the main character, and then I could not Hawk, believe so. they killed him. I, they got balls, man. They got some balls on them. That's what I mean. So, like, when shows have stakes, it 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 lands. And better. they killed Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. things are changing. So yeah, so this is definitely uh you know one of the heavier shows. Comic gotta, book shows. I, I want to reiterate this. This is why I don't like the shared universe. I like how things can be separate. I really do because, you know, Titans clearly doesn't jive with the Batman, and I dig that man. You know, I, I, I don't mind having them not in the same playground. Like at some point I do want Reeves Batman to get a Robin. Don't get me wrong. 
But the fact that it's not, uh, you know, Brendan or Brandon, what's his name, Thwatney's or whatever. Brendan Thwaites. Thwaites. Brendan Thwaites, yeah. The fact that it's not him doesn't bother me. You know, oh. I like that he's, you know, I, I, I could dig, I could dig what's going around in these different worlds. I really can. And I want to reiterate, I, like, if I'm a fan of Iron Man, I'm not a happy camper right now. Oh, because he's dead? Because he's dead. And I'm not going to get any more Iron Man movies. Eh, well. I mean, does Iron Heart and like uh, Armor Wars, is that supposed to get me by? But I want Tony Stark. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I get it's, it. It's a bummer because Iron Man's huge. Like, you mean to tell me Iron Man 4 would make a billion bucks? Would make two billion? Well, no, I mean, yeah, at this point now, of course, Iron Man's it's a huge. He's a moneymaker. Yeah. And having Downey, yeah, I mean, that's that's a big deal. So I agree. I mean, it, but I also think you need to move past certain things. Um, if you're doing, obviously you're doing a shared universe, you can't just keep, keep these characters going. Like, that's why I don't, I, I kind of pissed, not pissed, but upset that we don't have Steve Rogers anymore, but we're getting a new captain America, right? Like you gotta, if you're going to do it, at least commit to it. And then I can, I can go along for the ride. I don't want them to bring him back. I don't want them to bring Tony Stark back, Tony Stark back. Um, because now for me, whoever plays Tony Stark is not going to be Robert Downey Jr. It's kind of like, I kind of feel that way about Wolverine, even though I know the character's going to get recast eventually. How do you know somebody else can't do it better? You don't. That's what I mean. And I, they, they could do it again and I could love the new actor in the role as well. You, you don't know. But like in my head, the Tony Stark arc is finished. It's done. We're, we're okay with that. Now let's move on to the next level and what they're trying to do uh, in this new version of the MCU. And that's, that's cool for, for something for a universe that people gets gets angry about being formulaic. The fact that they're not bringing these characters back is actually better than if they were to. It's bold that's strategy cotton. So yeah. Sorry. So yeah. So season four Titans guys starts in, November. And as I always say, I will be reviewing it for Batman on film. So you guys will be able to read my reviews there. Welcome to Fresh Ball Fall. It's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. That means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code GOTHAM. Don't forget the 4.0 comes with the Lawmower 4.0, the complete trimmer. It has a light on it. It's waterproof. It's fantastic. Also, the weed whacker for your nose and ear hair. Guys, I'm getting older. Hair is popping up in places I never thought I'd need it. I, I'm sorry, never thought I, I'd see it. So I kind of need the weird the weed whacker to, and ear hair trimmer to get all that crap out and make sure you don't look like you're uh look like you have weeds growing out of your ears don't forget in this if with the platinum package you're also going to get the premium body wash you're going to get the premium shampoo you'll get the deodorant you get a pair of boxer shorts you get the crop preserver and the crop reviver the ball deodorant and the ball toner to keep everything down below smelling nice with that that distinct patented manscaped scent it's a fantastic scent so 
Don't forget you go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with our code Gotham. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code Gotham. Manscaped, clear out the leaves. It's your tree trunks time to shine. All right. Well, we've come to the end of this train ride. So I think for us it'll be a subway. Last stop. Last and final stop. Bed stop. 179th <laughs> Street. That's where I used to get off when I came home. Uh, 179th Street in Jamaica Station. So on the F train. Oh, yeah. So okay. That's where we will go. 179th Street in Jamaica. Make sure you gather all your belongings. <laughs> Man, I forget when I used to work in Queens what train I would get off of. What stop I mean. What when I, when I worked on? in Tribeca, I would actually just walk. I'd walk. I worked when I worked the overnight shift at CBS. I would just mm-hmm. walk from Penn Station to Tribeca. What line were you on when you worked in Queens? I don't. It, it was. Oh man, I got when I worked at the Fan. That was so long ago. I was. In, you know, I was, they were in Astoria, right? Yeah, at Kaufman Studios, same place as uh, Sesame Street. So that was probably the N or the D. No, not the D. No, the D. D. That's going on the BX. It's the N, the R. I don't even know. It's been so long ago. I haven't been there since I worked there. Obviously, like, why would I go back? I can't. It's not even there anymore. (laughs) Well, Kaufman Studios is still there. It's a legendary studio. Yeah. But uh, that's when they moved to Tribeca. When I got the job at CBS, I went there. So I, I miss my walks to Tribeca. It was great. It was a nice one hour. You know. Yeah, when you if you work in Manhattan and you can do it, you should walk and not take the subway. Try to get those calves like Daddy Batman. <laughs> That's true. That's the first cough you missed all show. I know. <laughs> you had the per- <laughs> You know, Lauer counts your coughs on the show. Oh, it's like a thing he does. Like when you cough, he's like, he's like, Eric, I got it. He, he, I was like, okay. Well. <laughs> I was like, I didn't Sorry about that. Sorry. So you almost had a clean one. Yeah, I could edit them out, but let's get to give you the full experience. We give you the whole. Who's got time? Uh, besides Rob Myers, who's got time for that? <laughs> In the beginning, I used to. I used to take out all the ums and stuff like that. But Don't even. No, no it's not even. No, don't bother. Not, so. <laughs> all right, Pete. Let them know where they can talk to you. You can follow me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zack Snyder's favorite platform, Vero, at Pete Illustrated. You can follow podcast number one, the podcast you're listening to right now, Straight to Gotham, at straight underscore O underscore G on both Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook fan page. Consider joining both. Great discourse there. You can follow podcast number two, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. I co-host that with Nicholas and Nico Caruso. That is at Italians for Spidey on Twitter. Follow at Team Yellow Oval. Check out BatmanOnFilm.com, Batman on Film YouTube. I got comic reviews, I got toy reviews, I got videos, I got interviews, all, all that kind of jazz. I'm all over there. I'm monthly on the Batman Book Club. Uh, that's at the Batman BC on Twitter. Uh, that's a Ryan Lauer joint. Um, so, you know, uh, I love talking about capes, tights. Uh, God, I really hope the Yankees win tonight. The Yankees. You guys can talk to him about the Yankees too, if you want. I will. I, <laughs> you can. <laughs> Oh, jeez. You definitely can. Uh, and the right, Devils guys. are playing right now. <laughs> oh, they are? They are. Oh, they beat the Isles by the uh, the other the other day. They did. Yes, they did. They did. I didn't watch the game. I was watching the Yankees, so. 
So it was I. I had a, I actually had the Yankee game on TV, and I had the Devil game on my iPad. I owned the Devil game on my iPad, so I was watching them both, trying to anyway. But enough about that. You guys can find me on Twitter at finally thirty three spell finale thirty three. Same on Instagram. As Pete mentioned, you could follow us on check out our Facebook group, our Facebook page. Right now in the Facebook group, I have a, a poll question up to give your Black Adam ratings a star. It's from one star to five star, and then just tell us what why you gave it that rating below be pretty cool to read those uh next week when we do our review so guys go over there and check that out you could also check out my new york knicks podcast it's got uh, blah, 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 i can't talk it's called all nicked up at all underscore nick underscore up on twitter you can big win last night there yeah they are one and one and they were in the first game on the road almost stole it in memphis and then last night they they beat the crap out of the pistons so it was a good are nice the Pistons riddle. good this year? I don't think they're any good, are they? They have a lot of talent. They're young talent, but they have a lot of talent. So Sounds like my Pacers. Yep. I mean, Kate Cunningham was number one pick last year. They have um, Jaden Ivey now, and uh, they have a lot of good young talent. So we'll see how that works out for them. But the Knicks are one and one, and that's all I care about at this moment. Um, don't forget to also, as I mentioned before, I didn't do this week's Ando review, but I will be doing it this coming week. So once you guys, it's Thursday night, nine o'clock Eastern time. I will be reviewing the last two episodes of Andor because we'll get a new one on Wednesday. With special guest Harrison Ford. Yes, with special guest Harrison Ford. So don't be sure be sure you make this one because he probably will be short because he doesn't say much. So <laughs> it'll be a very quick, short episode and we review Andor, and we'll see how he likes it maybe he will i don't know maybe he likes the show he probably doesn't even watch it i feel like he put the star wars stuff behind him that's why he wanted to die or well he wanted to die off. he wanted to get killed off in return of the jedi way back in the 80s he, he wanted the character he thought there was nothing else to do with the character so he wanted that to happen then but they were like no george was like no we don't want to kill the character we don't know i bet he's really happy he probably got a nice check for this oh he did yeah he did so all right i think that's it i think that's everything unless you have any other closing remarks hasbula oh liver <laughs> king met hasbula last night i was in heaven he oh, went, boy. Uh, they went there in uh dubai for uh the whatever ufc thing and uh yeah my worlds have collided hasbula looked completely uninterested in the liver king but uh the fact that the two of them were together was uh pretty great for me <laughs> that, that made me happy the little things in life. And he's a little thing. Little <laughs> I didn't mean it that way, but good catch. <laughs> he's amazing. Love him. Yeah, he is, I mean, he's cool. He's a lovable little guy. He is. He's cool. Cool to watch. I would uh, I would love to meet him one day. So maybe we can. Leia would like to too, apparently, because she's barking at me now. There we so go. Let's, yeah, so let's close this one out. For Pete, I'm Eric. You're listening to Straight Outta Gotham, and we'll see you next time. Booyah! <laughs>